Thank you for listening to Comics for Fun and Profit. This is episode 529. And uh, since it's Drew talking, you must know that Kyle's on a camping trip yet again. This is not a solo episode, though. I am lucky enough to be joined by the great Mike Myers. Mike, thank you for joining me. Oh, I'm, I'm excited. I've always wanted <laughs> to do a Wizard Magazine speculation. <laughs> we, are, we are not as good as Wizard Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not even in the same ballpark. But um, Mike, tell them a little bit about your show if they, if they are not listeners. I, I, I have been a listener of Mike's week, Mike M's Weekly Reads uh, since the very first episode. Um, that you spun off of the 70 other podcasts that you do. <laughs> and um, it's fantastic because the evolution of of this, of Mike M's, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, but it started off as like just a diary of what you read the week, that week. And then kind of you started incorporating feedback into the, from listeners and you'd answer questions and stuff. And then there would, then there would be like whole themed episodes <laughs> That would be like, you know what else grinds my gears? Yeah. <laughs> and then it would go, and then you, and then you just kind of like tag on what you read that week on the end. So the evolution of the shows have really been kind of amazing over the. What do you have you done a hundred of them? I think. Yeah, now? I'm o- I'm over a hundred. I think. Yeah, and, it, and it's I, it's really fun. I, I realized as I went on, it was easier to talk to myself. <laughs> Like, just walk around with my wireless headsets and just, yeah. uh, like, I don't plan anything. That's too much work. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So, so I'm not... like, like, the people that are, like, you know, retent, anal retentive about certain things and they like format to be perfect and, and editing, that's not me. <laughs> no. I, I do it I because I love it and uh, don't really care. Um about working because I, I do enough work. I don't want to work to put this out. <laughs> exactly. It, it's yeah. not, this is not a job. This is fun. It's, yeah. This is, this is, fun. this is for fun. And you do uh, Mike M's weekly reads. You do geek brunch. You do DC noise. Yeah. DC noise, but it's mostly been DC spotlight. Cause the, there's three of us that, uh, okay. We haven't been able to get together because of someone's wife. But other than that, <laughs> And then you do a uh, collector's corner, or collect—is that what it's called? Collector's yeah, corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are pretty fantastic. Really in-depth uh, conversations with collectors, big and small, and different formats, and how they how they love the hobby and what and what comics mean to them and stuff. Those those are really good. I I, I encourage you guys to seek those out as well. So, um, is that touch on all of them? Yep. And, and then I and, do an hour-long preview spotlight for John Mayo. <laughs> Sometimes they are pretty. They're pretty long. I was. I, tra- I was wondering. You should. Uh, you should spin those off as your own little uh, bonus episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I could probably do that. The uh, the guy who was who did the last one with you about the um the the war comics. Yeah. What was his name? What's his name? His name is Kirk Spencer. And does he podcast with you on any of your episodes? Uh, just uh, Collector's Corner. I got him on because we wanted to talk war comics. So he, he was like the perfect guy to get onto that that war spotlight. Yeah, he did a great job. Yeah, that was, he's, yeah he's, 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 he's a natural and he's only recorded twice. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, nice to have another war comic fan out there. That's good. Yeah. Hopefully we get people to buy it. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to add it now. Um, for sure, I'm getting a couple copies just to help support the cause. Right. I just hope they put more old stuff. Um, I'm c- kind of concerned because I went to Walmart to pick up the the Walmart books, and the ghosts one I was expecting like some House of Mysteries, some ghosts, and House of Secrets, and it was all kind of new stuff. The oh. new stuff is cool though, because it has three new stories, so that that's cool. But it's more in the superhero vein instead of like the the horror genre with Cain and Abel. You know, I thought it was yeah. going to be Cain and Abel and DC Ghost, which is the first DC comic I've ever bought with my own money. <laughs> so I was excited, but uh, there's there wasn't any of that old material in there. Now, now, did you? Um... Did you read the Sergeant Rock that Tom King did in the Walmart book? Yes, I did. Um, do you that like was, it? Was that in the Walmart? I thought that I, one was uh, in one of those ninety-page uh, DC specials. Oh, okay. I thought I thought he the Christmas okay. special or one of those. So he things. didn't do the one that was in the Walmart book, the the Batman backup or he Superman the, backup. He, he did the. He may have. I haven't read it. If it it happened. He did. He did a He did a uh, Swamp Thing and a Sergeant Rock. But the one I read of his Sergeant Rock was in uh, one of those Christmas specials, I think, uh, or one of the annuals. I can't remember specifically. I, yeah, I remember that one. I, I but I have re- read one recently that was in one of the Walmart books. But I just oh, can't remember. was he? He was in the latest uh, Batman one. Then you said because he he was on the cover. I saw it. Yeah. 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 I need I need to read it. Okay, it was good. It was good. I thought it was Tom King, but maybe it wasn't. Maybe it might have been well, somebody if it else. Is, if it is, I would I would be surprised if he doesn't write one of them because he he does like Sergeant Rock. He's a hit or miss writer with me, but I uh, I'm really curious. I'll read anything that he puts out. Oh, I, I'll read any Sergeant Rock that's put out, and that would be cool if if the top notch writer got it. Yeah. So. I would be pleased pleased with that. So uh, let's see. We've got a, a, a slew of feedback. Um, if you want to go along for the ride and listen to some of our listeners talk. Sure. Um, all righty. Uh, we've got uh, Rockland Gua who says, hello, Drew. I'm so happy to see you did that little previews review. I like it. I want more of it. It would be fun if you and Kyle would do a nice long show with all your previews picks. Anyway, I enjoy all your shows, guys. Keep up the good work. Um, we've talked about doing that, uh, rock. Um, it's just, um, we've some, like we've done one and you just basically hear us flipping through previews pages. So if we can do a little curated one, like the little mini one that we did, um, then we'll try, we'll try to expand it. We will try to expand it. Um, and we're glad you like it. And, um, we'll either do it as a bonus episode or, when Kyle takes a vacation, we'll yeah. slip it in. The worked, seat. It worked out well last time. <laughs> uh, Nick Buter says, Hey, Drew, who's this Moon Knight character? That's not funny, Nick. Um, but what's wrong with you? Moon Knight is one of my favorites, and you should love him because he's awesome. <laughs> I almost have everything that he's ever done, except I'm missing two issues from the four issue miniseries that he, that he did. 
Oh yeah. Yeah, but I have his first appearance in Werewolf when, by Night. When I was completing my set of his stuff, um, like before now, because he done he's done some new appearances on different things that I don't have all those. But back in the day, um, the the Stephen Platt Spectre were the toughest ones to find. They were like really expensive. That's because of Wizard Magazine, I think. <laughs> Plus, that was when uh, McFarlane and all those guys were hot, and Platt came hyper realism kind of like rip like at least when rip used to do like some of the uh crossed or some of the warren ellis books at uh avatar yeah um yeah. he would draw like everything on the cigarette i mean <laughs> he had um he had a lot of lines like stephen platt there was a lot of line work and platt did profit too did he? Yeah. Plus, he made like a lot of money. Like, cause uh, at the time, um, Liefeld was paying people a lot. He was buying some of his creators' cars and stuff to come work for him, and that's why a lot of uh, the other image creators did not care for him because he was actually stealing creators from like Top Cow, and they're like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and uh, it's because he was paying bank. <laughs> he was paying the guys well. And he died, right? Who? Stephen Platt? He's not around anymore, is he? I don't know. I didn't know he died. I thought he had. Maybe he. Maybe not. I, I could get. I could get that stuff confused. It's possible. I hope he didn't. <laughs> no, but those were yeah. Those were tough ones to find to if finish up. If he did, up then he must have died pretty young, because I think he was like. When he was hot, I, I think he was like in the Liefeld or Todd McFarlane age, so he would have passed fairly young. Uh, let me look him up real quick. He was really was good, it? though. I li- I liked him a lot. Oh yeah, those were those were great issues. I don't know if they're still as hot as they were. But when Wizard was putting out, they were like $35 to $50 books. Almost like the week they came out. No, he's not dead. He's yeah. not dead. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean to kill you, Stephen. <laughs> You're good. I, w- I wonder what he's doing. Like, uh, I wonder why he's not penning anything recently. Think he's slow? Well, he could be a cover artist. I mean, there, there are people yep. that are making more money doing covers than interiors. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. art terms of the world, for sure. Yeah. Um, Plus, it pays hmm. better. Um, the one woman that does the covers for doc, uh, Dr. Afra, I can't remember her name. She did Ashley the, Witter. Yeah, Ashley Witter. I think she mentioned somewhere that she was, she was making more money for the covers than she was doing interiors for Scoriers. <laughs> Well, yeah, Scorier's and Scorier's like, though four... is well, it's got a finish still, right? It's yeah, and so she sold like four copies, and two of them were to me. So yeah. <laughs> hey, if she ever hits it big, you have uh, her first. Yeah. Like I have one of Fiona Staples first with his Done to Death, which is like a vampire one for Marcosa, and uh, that never went up in price, but. 
It's one of her first works. Oh, I don't remember that one. Done yeah. to Death. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I Good used to part. be like, when I was a younger uh, collector in the 80s and 90s, I, I was I would go chase like artists and writers earlier stuff, you know, and try yeah. to try to get everything. I, like I tried to get everything McFarland did and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, people like that that I really liked. I'd go after it and try to get all their early stuff. It's fun. I still do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It's like a rabbit hole. Like, like you go on these rabbit holes all the time. But yeah, for me, it's when I like when I discovered BKV, I had to I had to find everything he ever wrote and read it. Yeah. Speaking of BKV, uh, Victor asks, which big BKV uh, comics would make uh, better movies and which would make better TV shows? Well, we've already got Runaways as a TV show, right? And that's kind of his. That's an amazing TV show too. I haven't watched it yet. What channel oh, they, is it on? The the actors that they picked, uh, it's on uh, Hulu. It's a Hulu show. Yeah. It's pretty. It's it's pretty amazing. One, I watched the first episode and I was hooked. I had to finish it. And I and I'm yeah. not like a TV guy. I'd rather read comics, but it was pretty phenomenal and addictive. And I like the tweaks, like they tweak things, you know, like they always do in Walking Dead, and yeah, know, it, doesn't, it doesn't always follow the same. And I, I think they tweaked it for the best, you know. Sometimes, sometimes it's it's um, better that way. <laughs> Plus, I like seeing stuff that is a little different from something I already read. Like I want it to be a little bit different, so I experience it different. That's true. That's true. I thought they did that did that well with Deadly Class the the first oh, season. Oh, it was so good. Too bad it didn't make a second. Uh, yeah, I, I blame sci-fi. The the music and the way things were done, like the fight scenes and stuff, and it just had like this '80s, I don't know, like punkish look to it. It was pretty much perfect uh, for me. I loved I, it. Yeah, I was like, that was amazing. They played the Smiths too, and I love Morrissey. Yeah. Good lord, I love Morrissey. If they, they could have done just, if they could have just done one more season and got to the Purge, uh, I think that that I would have been okay with them if they stopped then. But they stopped yeah. just, you know, like eight issues in or something like that. It it, it didn't feel like they finished enough. What, what what surprises me is that like nobody picked it up, like because you could go to like. Amazon or somebody and say, look what we have. You yeah. have a, a property that you should be proud of. And then, you know, I would have picked it up. They've, yeah. they've picked and... up other stuff like Lucifer and stuff like that. And when my Friday Night Lights died, AT&T picked it up and started showing it on DirecTV. <laughs> so it's Yeah, like... and it's, but it seems like it depends on where it starts. So if it starts on the big four networks... And, and loses steam and gets canceled. Therefore, they might pick it. Somebody might pick it up for streaming. But if it if it doesn't make it on Sci-Fi, they're not going to pick it up. Yeah, Which I think is I think, I think Krypton's in the same boat. And that's an amazing show. What DC has done with like Krypton and Alfred or the Pennyworth show, it's just crazy. It's like Elseworlds. It's it's amazing. 
I have those. I have four Pennyworths on my DVR when I had a, a free Epics uh, or Epic. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. Previews. I watched all four. <laughs> yeah, and so they're sitting on my DVR. I don't have that channel anymore. So if there's any more, I'm in trouble. You know, you know, we both have in common like things that are a little darker and twisted. Yeah, and they they've made that area that Pennyworth is really twisted. Especially by episode two, it's really crazy. Like you're, you're like, when did this take place? Like it, it's just so weird. Like it, you can't pinpoint a time. It's incredible. You should watch the, at least the oh. first two episodes to get a flavor of it. I'm in the boat where, like, I my wife and I watch stuff together, yeah. and then then we watch a couple things apart and this is one of one that she's expressed no interest in watching so i have to wait and till till she's not around <laughs> to watch this one <laughs> and sometimes that uh, that doesn't happen very often so yeah. uh, i have to wait till she goes goes away for the weekend and i just binge like everything that i want to catch up <laughs> on so let's uh, get back to your question you're, you're oh, answering yeah, yeah. Let's see, BK titles that would make better movies or TV shows. I think pretty much all of them would make better TV shows to me. I think Why the Last Man would be fantastic as a long TV show. Um, maybe Ex Machina would be a good movie. I don't know. Paper Girls, I think. What is it? It got optioned for something already. Paper Girls did. So Yeah, it got optioned. He did Swamp Thing, too, Volume 3. Yeah. That needs to be a movie. That that's crazy. When I read the first issue, I was like, "This isn't even a Swamp Thing book. What is it? It's crazy." Issue one will blow your mind. He's really he's really good. He is really good. Yeah, he is really good. What was the thing with Steve Scrooge that he did? Um, it was like six issues about Canada blowing us away, war, going to war with America and winning. I don't remember. Was, I have uh, it, was, but I, I know what you're talking about. You talked about that was it really on the good. Show. That was that was really good. That would be a good um, that'd be a good movie. But for the most part, you know, he saga, of course, would be is it's, it's a saga, so it has to be a TV show and a long running one. Um, and hopefully, it comes back soon. <laughs> Has of it been all, a year yet? Of all of them, it's why the last man that I that I like the most. Yeah. That's that's my favorite as well, um, but Saga is a close a close number two. Uh, let's see. Um, Sutton asks, "What real cities are the DC cities based on? Is Gotham or Metropolis actually New York City? What about Coast City? What about Star City? Central City?" Question mark. Um, well, you're a DC guy. Um, I, I, well, I'll. First, I'll take the Gotham Metropolis thing because I don't know if anybody. I think Gotham's got to be New York City, right? I, I know that. I know that they could sort of like see each other across the way, at least in recent things. Like they're not that far apart. Oh, so it's like, well, then Metropolis would probably be. I don't know. Maybe it's like two boroughs of New York. Um. Maybe New Jersey, and I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. But one We've of got, them's what... really clean. Like Metropolis looks like 
a clean place to live unless you're you go to a suicide slum. <laughs> then so things Met- change. Metropolis Metropolis is like Manhattan and then Gotham is like New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> or old school no, New York, like in the red light district when it <laughs> when before yeah. they cleaned it up. <laughs> Yeah, like the Deuce. Uh, if you watch that show on on HBO, that era, New York yeah. City. That that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, what about Bloodhaven? That one's a Where bridge would that away. Be? That's a bridge, like a hops. You could cross a bridge and get to Bloodhaven from really? Metropolis. Yeah. It seems Co- like Coast, it's so. Coast City's got to be California. I mean, it's yeah, probably like a San Francisco or LA. Yeah, San Diego, one of those. Coast City. Damn. Don't know. <laughs> Central City is Barry Allen. Is that um, Chicago-ish? You could you could say that. I never really mapped them out. To me, they were all like imaginary places. Yeah, maybe they're I, not. I never like anything. drew a map, but there there probably is a map somewhere. Somebody's probably put it out on the internet. And like the 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 Nanda Parbat where uh <laughs> where Razagul is. I, I always like, think of Himalayas. <laughs> yeah. Always mountains around in that thing. Yeah. Smallville, of course, is Kansas, right? Yeah, that that that's that one the, has to map directly. <laughs> that's that's got to be in Kansas somewhere. Good question. That's pretty interesting. Hub City would be interesting the... because Hub Who's, City who... to me is was was where the question uh, fought, and he's it was. When I was reading the question, I was like, this is way darker than Gotham. Because, like, there was just nobody that was not corrupt in the police force, yeah. the mayors. I mean, it was it was awful. At, at least uh, you have Commissioner Gordon to look up to. <laughs> you know, you have some yeah. some people in Gotham. Plus, you have a, an army of your own family protecting Gotham, where the question, it was just him. pretty good yeah there's there's tons of these fictional cities and some of them are just i don't i don't really i don't really track them to any place real yeah gateway city that's got to be close to central city it's kind of nice to be fictional though because you can i mean some people that want realism in their comics i guess when you're growing up and you see that Spider-Man's from a certain area of New York, you're like, this is cool. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, that's true. I kind of like the imaginary places because you could get away with a lot more. Yeah, and you can get a little more imaginative with the with the landscape and stuff. You don't have to worry about anybody fact-checking you. That's true. Yeah, you don't get any letters saying, that's not what that looks like. <laughs> Yeah, I've lived there all my life, and that's not what that is. All right, well, we got a um, uh, hot off the presses 
FOC list from Eric over at Cowabunga. FOC, of course, is final order cutoff. These are items um, that are for 916. The, the order, this order will be due um, 916, so Monday by noonish uh, to get your order in. You can make make changes uh, to your order, add to your order, reduce your order um, on these items, and this is a way to, to do that. Uh, Eric does a good job of um, curating this, and sometimes he pulls some of his or his uh, customers' picks and brings those to the top so that we don't miss them. This week, he's selected Batman's Grave, number one, uh, Warren Ellis' book, um, the amazing Fantasy 15 facsimile edition, which, of course, is one I'm excited about because I don't own that one and probably never will. Um, the Superman 16 Year of the Villain by Brian Michael Vendis, and the Vampirella Red Sonia, number two, 50-copy Lotte Virgin Incentive Variant, which is um, written by Jordi Belair, which is kind of cool. Um, it's a $50 It's a fifty variant. Oh, I missed out on that one. Darn it. Yeah. But is it That's... is is the Virgin... It's the Virgin variant? Is there a Tulo Lutte uh, regular? I think so. Let's let's take a look. Good transition, right? Because I'm, like you... I'm a huge Tulo Lutte fan. Oh, yeah. A matter of fact, uh, Eric did me a solid. I don't know if you heard that story. Uh-uh. Uh, we were at C2E2. Oh, no, we were at Heroes Con. Heroes Con. And uh, I didn't have... I didn't bring my Tula Latte cover with me. You know, my nude variant of uh, that one series. What was it? Faithless. Oh, yeah. And I really wanted to get it signed. So guess what? Eric gave me his copy and I got it signed. Oh, that's pretty cool. So that he didn't have anything cool. to get signed? Uh, I think he had some some stuff to get Tula Tata signed, but uh, I don't know if he did or not. I saw him when I was waiting in line, but I don't know if he waited in it. It took me about, I don't know, like 45 minutes to get through the line because everybody was getting a sketch, you know? Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, she's, she's amazing too. Like she's... Uh, there, there's some artists that are like introvert and they kind of just like focus on the work and they don't acknowledge your presence or, you know, they'll just sign yeah. it and then they're on to the next. Uh, Tulu Te is very talkative to everybody she met, you know, very nice lady. Yeah. yeah. I like, I like the ones that are engaging and talk to you. That's pretty fun. Um, so let's slide over to the FOC. Uh, I'm looking at the spreadsheet. Mike's looking at the um, uh, previews world site for his. So we might not sync up exactly, but that's okay. Um, I, I'm going to start at Dark Horse. And Mike, if uh, if you're in the ballpark, uh, shout something out. I'm not looking at, at Dark Horse right now. And I'm excited about Spell on Wheels um, because uh, I met when I met Kate Leth at C2E2. And um, she did a sketch and uh, for me and signed my book. I was asking her, I was like, are you going to do another Spell on Wheels? Um, it was really great. She's like, I don't know. I hope so. And that was two years ago. So finally got one. I'm Here really excited are. about that. You got it. Yeah, we made it. I pre-ordered um, it, so we're good. Yeah. Did you like the first volume? I did. Yeah, I did too. I thought it was really good. 
Um, but that's really the only thing that jumps out at me from the Dark Horse section. Oh, the Umbrella Academy wrapping paper. I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> you use it for your Christmas wrap? No, I think it would be a collector's item. I think this really? thing on eBay in about 10 years, you could sell it for a lot more than 10 bucks. You can triple your money yep. on Christmas wrap. <laughs> that's awesome. Because nobody will have it. I, I don't know anyone who's speculated on, on wrapping paper, but that's that's a good niche. I like it. Uh, there's the Batman's Grave down in D.C. that Eric was talking about. Should be a big one. Hopefully uh, dollar it's better comics. than the annual, or the Detective Comics 1000 one he wrote. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, Dollar Comics Watchmen, that's kind of, I think everybody should have that. You know, just grab a couple of these. Uh, first issue of Watchmen for 60 cents uh, from from Eric. And buy a stack, have a stack of them. And just when somebody asks you what's a good comic, just hand them one of those. Here, check this out. That's kind of, that, that's kind of a, one of the greatest comics of all time. So... That'd be nice to have. I think the House of Mystery Bronze Age Omnibus hardcover volume two in 20 years will be worth $350. Really? Yes. Because it's going to be a low print run and hardly anybody's going to buy it. And the demand will always be there from the people that want the obscure. Collected, edition, think... co- collected editions are are worth a lot once they go out of print. But don't you think we're going to be moving towards a print-on-demand eventually where technology will catch up and you know you can just go to the vending machine no, at the, and just they, print out whatever you want? It's too expensive right now because there's that one site, Indie Planet, and it's way more expensive than you could ever. They do print on demand, and it's expensive. Holy moly! I bought one several copy. books for there. Yeah, it's like you're paying way more than. If in the future they find a way to make it cheaper, then then it's a doable do. But I, like the only time you could save money on print on demand, like through that Indie Planet, is if I ordered. 100 copies of something or 50 copies. Not one copy of something. That's expensive. Yeah. yeah, so it's still the same it's still the same principle of of the old printing system which is, you know, the bulk and the volume the price goes down. I don't know. It would be know. a good world where you could do that, but I I don't see it happening. I think I think things will become more digital and then the physical media will be like your albums. You'll have those collector markets collectors that want to have that old physical copy. I don't know. I mean, printers I mean, you just need the paper stock, right? So if you just have the paper stock is cheap enough and you can just blow the ink on it, you know, you, I, I would think that there'll be a revolution in printing where it's where it's I don't know 
I, I would think that we'd be able to get there eventually. Or maybe you're right. We're just going to phase out print altogether, and it'll be. I like think that's more print. likely than affordable printing. I think yeah. I think the digital mechanism where everybody's walk like people that are old want print people that are young they don't care they'd rather look at it things and watch things on their ipad true and, and they're grown into that environment like that's that's their world it's very different than my world <laughs> yeah what what do you got Sixty thousand, seventy thousand. Uh, print copies in your house? Yeah. Something like that? Well, no, it doesn't just stop there. I got physical toys. I got, I still get DVDs oh, yeah. and Blu-rays. I mean, I got VHS tapes. I, I'm like all physical media. I have every cassette tape I've ever bought. I, th- I think I saw your cassette tape of the Smiths greatest hits <laughs> yeah. on Twitter. And I, I was like, what are you, that is it. retro, man. That is retro. <laughs> I even have eight tracks. I mean, that's how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know it, if you had eight tracks in your lifetime. Um, they were around, they but they were novelties. We didn't play them or have anything to play them, but they were still leftovers from my parents, yeah. who had who had them in their vehicles and home decks. But we didn't we didn't have any. We didn't have any use for them. Program one, program two, program three, and four. That was your fast forward. You hit uh, the thing. Didn't make any sense. Didn't make any sense at all. Yeah, to and me. you might catch a song like in the middle. It just depends yeah. on where it was. <laughs> Unfortunately, that the the tape that they used warps easier than cassette. So, I all my cassette, my all my eight tracks. I don't know if they'd play anymore. Yeah. Cassettes I remember fondly, though. Now, did you read the the preview of RWBY number one? The pages that were in the back of some DC books? No, but you know why? It's because I buy every DC, including Mad to. Magazine. And I, 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 I don't really go into like what the preview says because I just go check here, get this, get that. Where I really I was interested solicit be- is solicits are when they when it's something new like yeah I was interested because of Mirka and Dolfo doing the art um I liked I lo- I liked her style a lot in Unnatural um don't know if the story's going to be that, any good Unnatural was really good Did you like the way it ended? I haven't read it yet. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I haven't read the oh, ending. Enjoy. <laughs> but I have I have liked what I've seen. I mean there's a lot of themes in there. Yeah. Uh, I really so, like so, this. So she's doing the interiors on this? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. At least in at least in issue one. I think she's doing something for a blaze too. If I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah, I think you're right. Um I'm really enjoying this Superman year one. Is oh, Frank God. Miller so I, good? I love it so much. Like the second issue, I I immediately went on eBay and bought Lori Lamaris's first appearance. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And I got it this week. 
Yeah, it's really great. I buy both covers because that, that's one I double dip on. I love the black label yeah. large format. Now, Mike, now, Mike, we we've had this we had this talk. We we haven't talked, but we I listened to you on your Mike M's weekly reads talk <laughs> about how we weren't going to do two two covers anymore. That this was part of your scaling back. I can't Remember? help myself when it's the black <laughs> label. <laughs> the, these these big ones, I they're I love the format so much. Yeah, it is nice. They're really nice. It makes the art just like pop. It's amazing. I'm looking at the first one. I'm looking at the one that um, Jason got for my birthday. He was in Hawaii. Well, he lives in Hawaii, and he got me. Um, had John Romita sign it for and then get and sign a birthday card for me. Are you a fan is, of his? Because I love his art. Like me and Bill. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah me and Bill. Bill, the my co-host on Geek Brunch, doesn't necessarily play around in Marvel and DC. He likes the indies and stuff. But when Ramita starts showing up in DC, he orders everything. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, he just yeah, loves like his art. I love it too. Yeah, I think it's great. Uh, let's see. We've got Tales from the. Dark Multiverse, Batman, Nightfall, number one. More, more nth metal, Dark Multiverse, Scott Snyder, Kyle Higgins stuff. Um, I, I'm trying to enjoy this, but it's not my favorite. I wasn't a, okay. too a big of a fan of that either, but I. this one has me curious because it's taking a big series like Nightfall and doing a play on it. Nightfall was essentially Bane breaking Batman's back. So I yeah. wonder what they'll do here. Now, as we slide into IDW, I am interested in the Cobra Kai and <laughs> Karate Kid. Same here. Uh, I love it. I love the property. That was, that was a fun YouTube series. I, I enjoyed that. Plus, it I'm might sorry. be a fun thing to go to a convention with because they travel a lot together. Ralph Macchio and that guy, they show yeah, up at be, a lot of cons. And that would it, be it cool, would to, be get cool to get signed by both of them. It would be a fun thing. Yeah, agreed. Um, nothing else really that sticks out in IDW for me. Well, Canto's hot. Yeah, yep. Yeah, might I don't know well if it's still... the series. Is it still hot, though? Yeah. Yeah. They're still coming out with multiple printings. I mean, hot hot is because the there's more demand. It rel, I mean, it's all relative, right? Right. <laughs> there's if there's two two thousand fans that are clamoring for this, then it, it's not a large amount in any no. means. It just that the print run is low, and there's more demand than there is a print run. And sometimes that print run is so low that it's artificial, artificially inflated. Yes, like the Antarctic Press books. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, as we slide into Image, um, got to give another shout out to Ice Cream Man. It's one of my, I think, is, is a very underappreciated series. Um, I really enjoy it. They're really taking some risks and being very creative with the kind of writing that they're doing and the 
exploring the the comic book format in ways that are um, pretty fascinating. I, I really enjoy this book. I'm really enjoying Reaver and Sonata. I think they're pretty freaking amazing. Okay. Reaver is like the Magnificent Seven in Sword and Sorcery days. It It's pretty cool. If you're into nice. that. Like, Battle Beyond the Stars or Magnificent Seven or things like where you have this oddball group of characters that shouldn't be together, nor do they like one another, but they have to go on this adventure together to, to save something. Um, that's it's that's what that's about. Really well done. And Sonata is just beautiful, even though this guy uses software to generate most of the art, Brian Haberlin. It gives me hope that I can sometimes do my own comic because <laughs> I can't draw. Yeah, yeah. How is um, how is the the guesser coming? Uh it, it's actually coming pretty good. Like it, it's, I have thumbnails of the entire book, and then uh, probably five pages he's inked so far. So there's there's progress. So what's it like to? send somebody a script that you wrote from your imagination and then get back an artist's interpretation of your words on a, on on a page. Well, well, what's that like? In my case, I knew Zach and I've been getting commissions from him for years. Like uh he's done like a Watchmen for me where like half of it is Charlton characters and the other half is the Watchmen because they're all derivative of the Charlton characters. Oh, that's cool. So, so, like, the question is split right down the middle with Warshak, and then you got Blue Beetle and, you know, their corresponding uh, characters, uh, Dr. Manhattan, Captain Adam, and that was the only piece that I kind of wanted a layout. Everything else that he's done for me, like Suicide Squad, Atari Force, all kinds of stuff, he's done the layouts, um, Freedom Fighters, on his own, and I've always been like blown away. So seeing him do like sequentials on what I envisioned, he like made it like five times better. Like <laughs> I, I, I was thinking like one thing and then he came across this guy's perspective is like, he'll like look from a corner or down or up and it just look, his perspectives are amazing. So like, I think, it looks so incredible. I don't want to color it. <laughs> because That's really awesome. I I've seen art get colored, and I, like GI Joe, a real American hero, is a perfect example. If you go look at pages from Shannon Gallant or Robert Atkins, they're phenomenally detailed. And then when they put the colors on them, like you don't you don't see the line work. You don't see all the like how fine the character looks. And um, it it looks to maybe it's because it's like seeing your baby come to life, you know, and yeah. from a different eye, but with the same of what you wrote. Like I, I'm sure that if you don't get the right artist, and you could say, "Oh my God, what did you? What I didn't think of it like that." But Zach has made it like ten times better. That's cool. Yeah. So it's a twenty pager. 22 pages. So you're about a fourth of the way through? Uh, Probably a... Yeah, a fourth is probably a good 
and then I have to worry about lettering and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I haven't even thought hard. about that yet. <laughs> it's expensive so, d- too. Like I don't know how people d- do it. Like when you realize how much a page costs, and you're doing 22 pages of it, it's a lot of money. And that's just the art. You haven't done the cover. You haven't done the lettering. You haven't done coloring or what. You know, you have a lot of stuff to do. And then printing costs. <laughs> so I'm going to take a are, huge dive on this one. Are but you going to kickstart the, the printing costs at least? I'm going to try to at least recoup the printing costs, but I'm not going to, like, make the, the the success criteria high because I'm an unknown quantity. Right. So And I, I don't want to fail. So, um, so do you really think you might not color it? You might go black and white? Um, we've talked, me and Bill, Bill's doing the liquor and I'm doing the guesser. And if they come out around the same time, we might do a flip book later on and then color Is it that. Same artist? No, he has a different artist. I've met his uh-huh. artist. I actually... No, I haven't met his artist, but I've met the writer that works with the artist because I have one of his books that we picked up from um, C2E2. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping I can find some kind of starving artist that uh, <laughs> will just uh, do the sequentials as as like a create your own thing, <laughs> you know, just give them to me and then we'll, we'll pay you down the road when we make, if we ever make money, make profit on it. Yeah. It's a fun prop a, a, a fun thing. And I, I've told my artist that he owns 50% like, because I, I wrote down the script of every panel, but what he's made it come to life, he's envisioning how things look. So to me, it's only fair. Yeah, you know. that's 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 storytelling right there. Yeah. So uh, you ballpark when you think it, what, what you get 20, a year? Probably uh, 2020 sometime, maybe November of 2020. That's awesome. It it will definitely be a spec pick of the pick of the week. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be so one of those low low demand things that has higher <laughs> demand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it, w- would you think about pitching it to a publisher ever? I, yeah, I would think about it. I uh, Zach knows publishers. He's had published work under Cosmic Times and other things. So yeah, I could possibly pitch somebody. That's pretty cool. All right, we got off on a tangent. Yeah, we did. But that's, <laughs> that's okay. that, I'm contagious is what it is. <laughs> um, when you look at Spawn 301, there's a ton of covers and um, a lot of great names. Um, you got a Sienkiewicz there. You've got J. Scott Campbell. Um, you got some Alex Ross, um, Lopena, Capullo, of course, McFarlane. Um, and they're only a cup. They're all cover price and discounted to um, two ninety nine or three ninety nine. So if you if you didn't go heavy on three hundred, there's some pretty covers for three hundred one. If you're interested, I'm thinking about. And this I don't know if anybody's played around with the black and whites, but the black and whites are pretty nice. 
Because oh, yeah. the, the thing about the black and white is you're not just getting a black and white cover. You're getting interiors that are black and white, which yeah. is, is really fun to look at. I think I've already got two copies of Amazing Fantasy 15 facsimile coming. Um, that's probably enough. <laughs> I, try, I don't know if I need that many. I think it'll be. I think it'll be. It'll sell really well, but I think they'll reprint it, and there won't be like any any scarcity for it. Yeah, like they did Giant Size X Men. It came out yeah. multiple times. But I think there will in the long term. I I do because people can't afford Amazing Fantasy fifteen, but if they can afford this and put it with their Spider Man number one or you know what they can't afford, they they have this down, you know, you could just put it in your yeah. box. It's a cool piece of history. And, you know, I don't think I've ever read it even digitally or anything. So I'm looking forward to just reading it. Yeah. Uh, we've got Dr. Doom number one. So they're going to relaunch this shout out to professor Allen of the relatively geeky network. He's a huge Dr. Doom fan and is super excited and geeked out for the, uh, the release of this, this title. Yeah, some of the best Doctor Doom is uh supervillain team up <laughs> from the seventies. That's so good. Even they had Hell. multiple writers, it's so good. I'd highly recommend uh, picking those up. <laughs> what did Christopher Cantwell do? Oh, he's the he's the Halt and Catch Fire guy. Uh, he's the showrunner from Halt and Catch Fire. Okay. All right. And she yeah. did She Could Fly, yeah. The okay. Absolute Carnage stuff has been really good, believe it or not. Yeah, that's, that surprises me. People have really dug that. And spec-wise, Donny Cates has been saying that there's going to be some character that makes their debut in one of these minis, and not, not Absolute Carnage, but in one of the minis. Yeah. So I've been keeping an eye out. I'm really excited for personally for the the future fights White Fox and the, these uh, these characters are pretty cool. This is coming from a mobile game. I think so. Huh. I mean, never say never, right? Because I mean, these video games have have had some hot comics in the last couple of years. So. But there's a lot of like Asian type characters coming out, like Swordmaster and. Um, yeah. Yeah. Arrow and I've never been like a manga fan or anything, but I don't know if it's growing on me, but uh I've Agents of Atlas and those two are amazing. Oh, if you go down a manga uh rabbit hole, man. Jeez. <laughs> I don't That's think that'll happen. I don't think that'll happen because I don't like reading backwards. <laughs> That's true. And right true, to left. It it gives me a headache. Yeah, it is weird. It is weird, especially if you like, if you like, have a manga and then you have a comic and you're like switching back and forth. Yeah. Very, very confusing. For uh, me. These Terry Dotson uh, Gwenpool Strikes Back covers are pretty amazing. I like them a lot. Nice. Powers of X is hot. Powers of X is hot, and I set it out. I feel. Like I missed out, missed the boat. 
that from time to time on Marvel events that I think are cash grabs. <laughs> they both can be right. They can be good and they can still be a cash grab. I'm reading that one um, as it comes out. Like I, I'm only one issue behind right now because I haven't read this week's books. And uh, well, I, I will say that, well, for one, I'm a mood reader, so it kind of, kind of is not coming out as good as I, I think it should. But I think yeah. if I was to read it and trade, like I, I read uh, the other Hickman books. I didn't read them in trade, but I read comic like the whole series back to back to back to back. And yeah. he he's like an epic storyteller, but the thing that he lacks, I I think more you know like if you're into is like characterizations of like getting you emotionally invested in a certain character, like his plots are larger than life and they're amazing, but to be get vested in like a certain individual character, I don't think he does it very well. Yeah. Uh, I, I like characterization too. So. Oh yeah, definitely. Now there's the Vampirella Red Sonia number two cover A is is Tulalote, so you probably have that on order. Yeah. So the incentive variant is the Virgin, and that's the fifty dollar one. Those are Babs Tar. I like her stuff. It's hard for me to turn down Red Sonia in Vampirella covers. They're pretty amazing. Oh, look at that Babstar. It's great. Yeah. Dang. I like the Dave Mack one. I think that one's pretty cool, but I'm a fan of Dave Mack. Yeah, that's good. Death Defying Devil's a lot of fun. I hope it does all right. I haven't read that yet. You can't go wrong with Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> classic. <laughs> well, I'm in the classic camp. Is that the? Uh, is that the? Okay, that's the uh, or like based on the original. Yeah, one series. of the, the Twilight is based on the new series, and the class when they put classic, it's the original '70s series. And I love that series. I, I just recently rewatched it. <laughs> I don't think we had that channel when I was a kid. It was on like NBC. Yeah, we 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 didn't have um like legitimate TV. It was like we lived in on a farm out in the out in the hills, and um, sometimes we'd only get one channel because we were, had an antenna. It was so we were so far away. Yeah. From everything, so it, sometimes we'd get two channels. Sometimes we'd get three. We always got PBS, so we always had like Sesame Street and stuff. Electric but, Company and Sesame Street. Yeah. Yeah, we had that on lockdown all the time, but some of the networks were hit or miss depending on, uh, I don't know, the wind. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was weird. So yeah, there was like whole whole things that I missed out on because we didn't have that channel. Uh, I'm really excited for Shoplifters will be liquidated um, from Patrick Kindlin. Uh, it's an aftershock book. Most of his work, I like most Aftershock books, I seem to like, so um, it's really a no-brainer for me. Excited about that one. You know what I've really liked from Aftershock is the hardcovers. Oh, really? Yes, they're, they're like in European hardcover 
uh, size. They're so amazing. So you're double dipping? Covers. No, I'm talking about the ones that are direct to hardcover. Like oh, the Garth oh. Ennis War one and the uh, Aftershock. Oh. The app, yeah. the Shock series, the that are anthologies. Those are like direct to hardcover only. Like you can't get them in singles. Nice. I think that's all I see on the FOC for me. Anything else jump out out to you, Mike? Uh, no, that's that's good. All right, let's hop over to Comicron. Um, dot com. And we have a peek at August numbers. We have our top 10. And we also have the breakdown of the various publishers and their sales. Um, we'll take a quick look at how we're doing this month versus last month. Um, down about 6% in dollars, 9% in copies of comics, which is bummer. Um, August this year versus last year. Down four percent in copies of comics sold, um, up a little bit in dollars, which isn't great. I Means the price went up. Um, and then year to date, 2019 to year versus year to date 2018, down four percent in comic sales. Um, another bummer. And no surprise, the the publisher uh, with the most comics sold, nearly half. Of all comic sold were Marvel, forty nine point nine six percent. That's pretty close, so half. Um, DC holding strong at almost twenty six percent. Image uh, gutted down to six percent of uh, the comic sold. IDW at four percent. It's pretty strong for them. Uh, Dark Horse at two point six. Dynamite at two. Boom at two. Um, and then everybody else below uh, one. Um, so top 10 comics sold for the month of August were, uh, at the top absolute carnage. Number one from Marvel, which was a surprise. I really thought it would be the number two book, which was Marvel comics 1000. Um, but, uh, it did, it was, it came in at number two, um, Batman, Superman, number one took the third spot. House of X, number three, the fourth spot. Powers of X, number two, takes the fifth slot. House of X, number two, and Powers of X, number three, takes six and seven. Then we have Absolute Carnage, number two, at rank eight. Batman 77 at rank nine. And Batman Curse of the White Knight finishes out the top ten. That's the Curse of the White Knight number two, actually. Um, So were you surprised Absolute Carnage was on the top? No, I, I think I think I expected it because of the amount of covers it came out with. Yeah, yeah, and Donny Cates is pretty pretty. He's hot. hot, but he's like he's he's not like that much hot. But when you throw in the thousand covers and everybody wants all the different variants, you know, there's was there a one buying, in a thousand? I don't know if there was a one in a thousand, but there's a lot. I saw. Yeah. I mean, I just went through the comic shop and I saw like six, just six open to order. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a lot. And there, at least at my shop, there's a lot of people that mm-hmm. that uh, get. I want all of them. You know. Well, Kyle and I play this game. Um, I don't know if you want to play, but we 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 guess 
what the what the sales of the number one comic were, and we guess how many of the top ten are over a hundred thousand have crossed the hundred thousand mark. Do you want to play this game? Yeah, sure. All right. What do you think? What do you think that the, the sales for Absolute Carnage was? Two hundred and fifty thousand. All right. I'm gonna go below that. I'm gonna go around two hundred thousand. And how many of those? How many of these? The, the top ten? Do you think are over a hundred thousand? What was number five? Powers of X number two. It's like it, it, from four to seven are all House of X and Powers of X. That's tough, and man. Then, I'm gonna I'm gonna say then, that I'm gonna say uh, the top five. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go with just the top three. I'm, I think all the houses powers are under a hundred thousand, but they, they they might not be. Um, we also have Absolute Carnage number two down there at eight. I'm sure there was a huge drop off to that. That's why I'm assuming that maybe just those top three here. Yeah. One hundred thousand. We'll see how you. We'll see how you do. We'll let you know. We'll let you know with the last up <laughs> next episode. I'll I'll be listening. So. Uh huh. I have. Uh, we got the. <laughs> we have the final. You take a look at the graphic novels. Uh, we have the final Walking Dead volume out. Um, takes the top spot, which is cool. With the Batman Who Laughs hard hardcover below that. Harley Quinn Breaking Glass on third. Uh, another incarnation of Watchmen takes the fourth spot. War of the Realms at five. Marvel Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. declassified slipcase hardcover. At six, Star Wars Vader Dark Visions at seven, um, Miraculous Tales of Ladybug and Cat Noir, uh, volume four, season two, volume four, take the eight slot, uh, Disney's Descendants, Evie's Wicked Runway, volume two, takes the ninth slot, and rounding out the top ten is Guardians of the Galaxy, volume one, The Final Gauntlet. Some interesting appearances there, I thought. So we'll take a look next week to see um, just what those numbers actually were. Um, we want to take a look at some of the comics that are hot on eBay uh, for the week of nine twelve. That is, uh, what is this week? Um, of course, number one is House of X number four, the Molina connecting variant, sold thirty five. Uh, copies this week, an average of 18 bucks for a raw. Not bad. That is a beautiful uh, cover. Yeah. Uh, we've got Batwing number 19, which is the first Luke Fox. Uh, this is selling raw 67 bucks. Um, when, is, when did this thing come out? Uh, this came out in New 52. And it's written by Palmiotti and Gray like before... Um, after the original, so, so the way they did this, this title spun out of Batman Inc. And oh, okay. it was, it was a different, uh, Batman, uh, Batwing that was in Africa. And then around this issue, it, it switched over to Luke Fox, who speculated to be Batman in something. <laughs> yeah. And then they're going to re reboot Batman yeah. as African American. Wow. So I, I have this, and uh, I was like, God, it's almost a hundred bucks. Yeah, it makes you want to break up your run, doesn't it? 
Yeah, because I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll stick. So no. it, you always think about it, but I, I, I don't sell stuff, so it's, I, I can't do it. But you think. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, if I was sane, yeah. I would sell it right now. Yes. Uh, Uncanny X Force number twenty-five, which is the first appearance of Omega Clan. Is selling on average around sixteen bucks, and the graded nine eights are getting one hundred and sixty. You know anything about this? Uh, probably something that shows up in uh, House of X. Yeah. Okay. And probably one of those text pieces because th- there's a lot of content. Like it'll take you. The, the one thing that I like about House of X and Powers of X is there's some like prose context in there that gives you the history of like sentinels and all the ai and all this stuff and it it this is probably going to be speculated to be big in in uh, hickman's was what I'm, I'm guessing either that or somebody's announced a movie it's one of the two yeah yeah i had not i would not heard anything about that so it must be in house of x uh then we do have a house of x number four um just selling for double cover not even double cover um then we have Spawn 300, the 50-copy Incentive McFarlane Virgin variant. Um, it's selling average raw around 60 bucks, but it's a 1 in 50, so it probably costs you that to buy it. So that's not really great, <clears throat> I don't think. But they sold 100 of them this week. Well, what was Eric selling a 1 in 54? Do you know? I don't remember. I don't um, remember. I'd have, to look, I'd have to look back in the old... Um, FOC archives. Sometimes my shop will sell, sell a one in twenty-five for like, I don't know, fifteen. So if you double it, it's thirty. So you're you're still making a profit. Yeah, usually like around around me, you know, like one in tens are around fifteen. So one in twenty-fives are higher than that. <clears throat> but they they're a lot of price gougers around me. Yeah. Uh, the Marvel Comics 1000 D23 Expo variant. These these are um, retailer exclusives. I think one per store. So there's maybe 2,500 of these, and they're selling for about 200 bucks a piece. Well, these were given out at the D3 Expo. Oh, I thought they were. I thought they were retailer incentives. No. No. The D3 Expo happened a couple weeks ago, where they announced a bunch of things, and they gave away these things. So people had these variants, and a matter of fact, this this variant has two extra, one extra page I know for sure that was done by Mark yeah. Wade, but they took it out. So it does it does say one per store in some of the some of the descriptions. Well, maybe they were maybe they, they were given one, but I know a lot of them are already on eBay because of the the, the actual D3 Expo. Yeah, and they're all around two hundred bucks. So. If yeah, your store has one, one, so bad. Um, if they're on the, if it's on the shelf, pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, sh- I'm sure your store has figured it out. Uh, we also have uh, another appearance by the Sensational She-Hulk number one because of the Disney Plus TV show. Um, it's heating up. Sold another 34 copies this week. Uh, around 14 bucks a pop raw. Graded nine eights are going for 127 dollars. Um, House of X three still hot. Double cover. Batman 77, because it's the potential death of Alpha. I haven't read 78, so I don't know what's going on there yet. Um, 
and they're still hot. So it's selling for fourteen bucks. I've got a feeling by the time uh, seventy eight and seventy nine happen, the it'll, bottom's it'll, gonna it'll drop. It'll be like it'll be like the finger, <laughs> the hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. It'll, it'll disappear, come back. Uh, then we have Batwing. Or they'll throw them 20. into a Lazarus pit. You could always do that. Yeah, that's been we've done that road before, right? <laughs> a lot of times, yeah. Uh, we got or Superboy can punch a wall. That's the other thing. I don't remember that one. I don't yeah, know that, that was line. in Infinite Crisis. He, uh, Superboy Prime did that. Brought back. Some that reset people. everything. Yeah. Ah, okay. So there's another Batwing uh, issue twenty with actual first look Luke Fox as Batwing. That's only selling for twenty five bucks. Uh, That's pretty so. incredible though, because. If you uh, if you're into this kind of thing, I, I'll make some pointers because I, I see this at the shop all the time. Okay, you never rule number one in in, in selling comics or, or speculating, never call the shop and ask. Never if they call have, the shop. Never call the shop and say I want. Do you have any Batwing number twenty? Because you know the first thing that owner does is he goes to eBay and types in Batwing number twenty. And, and looks what it is. You go there without saying anything, and you start you dive into those boxes and don't say a word. Yes. Another another tip: don't buy twelve copies of one thing. <laughs> yes, because uh, my shop won't even let let you at some point. Like somebody tried to go do that with uh, was it Captain Marvel number eight? Yeah. And uh, he. He actually sold it. Yes, I'll sell you one. And then he took some off the shelf and bagged and bored them. <laughs> sold them. So it, it, it's it's weird. I That isn't the strategy I would use. I'd want to sell through. But I would want to keep I, only a certain amount on the shelf if I knew I was going to sell. If not, I would sell them. I, I think I would say take them all. That's, that's I what bought, I want to I do. Bought, I bought all three Batwangs. Off the rack is all they had, and I and I had to say, oh, I got calls from friends that needed me to pick it up. They couldn't get to the store because <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't going to sell it to me. Because he was like, "What's the deal?" Yeah, like, yeah. There's supposed to be some, you know, bat penis in this. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. And that's a big deal. Like, uh, yeah, it's kind of a big deal. And yes. those were like and you got then, you got to like, you got to be kind of slick. I, I I did the same yeah. thing with uh, uh, Jessica Priest uh, showed up in Curse of Spawn something or another, and uh, she's supposed to be like one of the next Spawn, the f- a female Spawn, and that book has gone up like to ten fifteen dollars, and I knew he had them in there like a bunch of them, <laughs> and I just took them in there and I said the same thing you did. Uh, we, I, I said I do a podcast and I need to get a couple of these issues to send out so we could all talk about it. Ah, that's a good one too. <laughs> I like that. So you know you're getting pointers here. <laughs> I'll use that. Yeah. Because, I mean, like some some stores don't care. They just yeah. want to sell through. They they ordered seven, you know, three for the their, three for the rack and four for their sub, sub, subscriber boxes. And they'd like to have zero, and they don't care how yeah. what happens. And then other ones, uh, they want 
they want to maximize and they it, they don't want to sell them for retail if they are selling for on eBay and you know they should be paying attention but um, really they don't. what what they should do is subscribe to Comicron and know ahead of time you know the same time that everybody else finds out about them there's there's the other site um, what is it called a uh, coverprice.com comic, comic, comic book invest does their top yeah. 10 every week um yeah, they, they should have those pages open on their computer every day yeah, yeah. and refresh them. And there's a lot of overlap, but in some cases they're not. Like uh, what they had is, you know, they have Batwing number 19. They have the Marvel Comics 1000 as their number two, but they have Marvel Spotlight 28, which is the first solo uh, appearance of Moon Knight. Should be one of your favorites. Um, yep, yep. And then they have Stumptown in there because of the series. Um, I can't wait for that series. It looks so good. Yeah, it was good. They have Invincible Iron Man number seven, volume two. Uh, the first, who is this? Oh, this first appearance of Riri because of the movies. Yep. Uh, so that one's hitting hot because, the, and also where where Tony Stark appears as AI are hitting hot. Because he's supposedly signing a deal to be a voice. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, when I heard that, I that's my first thought was, I bet you he's going to be like the AI, like he was in that um, Ironheart book. Yeah. And then Amazing Spider-Man 347, because of Donny Cates tweeting the cover of Venom holding the skull of Spider-Man. Um, and then a couple of variants, that Virgin variant, and uh, Something is Killing Children, Jenny Frizen variant. Yeah. Yeah, that was my pick of the week last week. Yeah. I nailed it. Nailed it. It says uh, they're selling for 10 to 15 Did you get one? Yeah. <laughs> I ordered one. Yeah. It's not here yet. But unlike my previous LCSs, when I order something, even if it gets super hot, I still get it. For the price I paid. They yeah. don't take it out of my box. Just a short is, story. Um, that's why I left a lot of LCSs uh, when, I oh, lived yeah. in, when I lived in Albuquerque. Because I would pre-order all my books. And something would hit Wizard Magazine or something. And I'd like, why am I missing issue 52 of this? Yeah. Or issue 17 of this? And it started to get me angry. So I kept on moving until I found somebody that wasn't doing that to me. Yeah. I got, I got, I lost Saga 1 and 2. Both 1 and 2 that way. And I was like, yeah. that's it. I'll, I'm going mail order. See you later. <laughs> yeah, it's never happened to me with uh, with my mail order either. That's why I, I migrated from my LCS, except for some DC books, over to another DCBS because of that reason. Yep, uh, yep. Uh, I back, did the same thing. Back half of previews, he would... Never fulfill my order 100% in the back half. I'd get like 80%, and I was yeah. getting frustrated. So all my indies went over there, and then eventually all my Marvels went over there. I couldn't even get all my image books. Yeah. My image books were hot, and they disappeared so it's out, of my, out of my pool box. It's basically customer service that loses people, I think. Yep. And then they yep. realize they can get discounts. <laughs> the discounts help you get more. Yeah, I mean, like if if a if an LCS always filled like a brick and mortar always filled my order, 
gave me a bag and board and maybe tax off, I would be I would stay there. I mean I would I wouldn't go for the extra thirty percent if right. I got all that. Cause I'd used to get that from places, but you know, they stopped doing it. Yeah, my shop still gives me twenty five, so I'm fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Plus a free preview, so Yep. Yeah, that's pre- that's pretty good. Twenty five percent off and free previews, and they bag and board it. They don't bag and board it, but oh, I, I, right. I I wouldn't use it anyway because I buy them by the thousands because I get so much from. And you e- like the e- mylar? I like you the like... mylar, yeah. Yeah, you got the nice ones. The the thing about mylar is it can make a a four point book like a six point five. It always like just makes it look good on your shelf and stuff. It you know? definitely it's, does. It definitely it, makes um, it look good. It, it, it's deceiving. It makes it look... Plus, it protects it better because you don't have that acidic thing that polypropylene has. This but one, if, one but one it is a lot one, more expensive. Um, it, the one place I was buying a lot of Walking Dead from back in the day, they would put all the Walking Dead in Mylar and then they would put two backing boards behind it. And I don't know what it was... But the two backing boards behind it in the mylar, the thing would just pop so nice. Yeah, it was, yeah. Two backing just... boards make it like unflexible, so it's like flat, completely flat. Yeah. And um, you would have to go like if you were to order stuff, you would go from a half back to a full back. Uh, if you just wanted the single board, but a full back you can't bend. <laughs> they're that they're isn't. they're thick. So you, so no matter what you like, you buy something out of a quarter bin, you put it in a mylar with a with a halfback. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. It's it's because to me, everything has value. Like yeah, it, there's a lot of stuff. Like I'd say ninety percent of what I buy is is not gonna make a lot of money. But then there's that ten percent. But I'm just protecting my my comics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so your free comic book day goes into a mylar. It yes, costs more than the free does. comic book day. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? That'll be nice. That'll be a nice collection for somebody someday. Hey, you never know. Free comic book day umbrella academy is worth a lot of money. I'll tell true. you that. It's true. I got to put mine up. I keep forgetting. So um, a lot of those things are first appearances. Yeah, that's true. If, if the humanoids ever hits it. The first appearance of the humanoid characters uh, are all in a free comic book day. Yeah, yeah. It was um, was that Gail Simone? That was uh, Mark Wade. Mark Wade. Yeah. All right. Let's slide over to Previews World uh, to the new releases. This time we're going to look at releases coming out this Wednesday, September eighteenth. And see what kind of stuff we've got coming out. Uh, let's look at Image. I am reading almost all this stuff. But I'm most excited for... Uh, I'm probably Outpost Zero. That's probably my favorite on this list. There's a Nothing second really print of, of uh, Unnatural. Is that a different cover? Or the same it is. cover? It is. It's different. a different cover. Yeah. That would be my spec pick. Yeah. 
Yeah, that that that's for, definitely for, for image. Nice. For image, for sure. The other thing that I think could potentially be hot if you're willing to wait is that excellence, because they're they're going to be optioned, and I think selling the first arc will be worth it. Do you um, like it? I am a little over the fence with it, which means it's to me it's above average but just barely. So it's a three? Uh, yeah, that means I or like on it. On your scale? Yeah, on, your on scale? My, the Netflix scale, yeah, I like it. Yeah. I'm probably a two. But I'm still reading it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. Uh, let's see, a Dark Horse, we've got um, a little Black Hammer. They're mining the heck out of that. Oh my God! They have a comic book legal defense fund selling comics trade paperback guide to retailing. That one is is going to be fun. Yeah. Not a spec pick, but that is going to be a great read. Fun to read. Fifteen bucks. Uh, we've got Steeple number one, written by John Allison, who also is doing some of the art chores. Looks like he did the cover too. Uh, two women with wildly different worldviews become unlikely friends as they navigate the supernatural happenings in a sleepy coastal parish and soon find themselves forced to choose sides in the war between good and evil. Looks great. Um, I, um, it's, it's the guy who did Giant Days, which was running forever. It might still be running. Did you go um, on this one? Did you order this one? I've got some. I've got at least a couple, couple of these coming. Yeah. Um, it looked appealing. They had preview pages. It looked good. Uh, strayed. I've, I'm pretty sure I read the first issue of this. I don't think it it stuck for me. I think this flaming carrot omnibus is going to be worth some money. Is this another one of those? That yes, this is another one. <laughs> low, low print run. Low print be... run. It's a collected edition, and it's not going to be out there very long. Look at some of the omnibuses. Like, if you go look at the price oh, yeah. of it, they're expensive. Uh, but then, you know, uh, you, you, buy, you buy it. Double the quantity of what you paid. And if you get a discount, let's say if uh, this costs uh, $25 and you get it for 50% off yeah. from your favorite retailer, then uh, you're already making money on it. That's true. That's true. I mean, from a sales standpoint, but I hate to be the sucker that paid $300 for this trade and then um, they reprint it uh, you know, a year later. But still, you have those compulsive people that a second print is like a sin. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, we got a, a number one G.I. Joe from uh, IDW. This is uh, Paul Aller doing the writing and uh, Chris Evan Hoos on art. It's a new vision of G.I. Joe for a new generation and G.I. Joe like you've never seen before. Um, featuring your favorite Joes alongside brand new characters. What brand new characters means first appearances. Yep. They have um, a good following. Uh, if, yeah. If you, if, I mean, if they're not big in sales but they're very consistent yes uh gi joe is 
a real American hero. So um, that that could be interesting, especially if there are new characters. And who knows? They make another G.I. Joe movie and one of these new characters appears. Or launch an animated series somewhere on Disney yep. Plus or something. Yeah. You know? yep. uh, Napoleon Dynamite number one. Yes, uh, this is this what one. I'm excited for. <laughs> yeah, this hit me in the uh, nostalgia button too. So go ahead, tell me, tell me all about this. I I I adore this movie. I've seen it like 25 times already, and anytime <laughs> it's on, both my wife and I will <laughs> leave it on that channel and watch it from that point on all the way to the end. We love Napoleon Dynamite. I don't know what it is. It, it's such a dry humor. It's, but it's just amazing. I, I I just love it. Uncle Rico, man. It it is. It really it really works. And then like the sequ like not the sequel, but the thing the guy made next that uh, wrestling movie with uh, Jack Black, Nacho Libra. Yeah. Didn't work the same. No. Didn't quite hit the same button. So. Uh, this one's just like it's 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 like one of those things that comes like every twenty years, they make something unique, like something yeah. that that just hits with a certain fan base and comes a cult favorite. And that's, like Office that's Space. This. Yes, Office Space is another one. Yeah. I love that PC Load Letter. <laughs> I love Such that. Such a good one. The O face. But I'm gonna um yeah I'm de- I'm definitely got that one coming too so I'm excited about it. A DC. Another fun one to get signed if they ever show up at a convention. Oh yeah, yeah you're right. That'd be a good one for that. Um, we've got Inferior Five. Um, oh, I'm excited I don't know much about, about them. Who is who's the Inferior Five? The Inferior Five was a Silver Age property that first appeared in Showcase. And they're an oddball of characters that are sort of forgotten, but they were they were d- definitely made for humor. Um, oh, it cool. Was, it, it was the time of uh, comics where they were trying out things like first and, or, uh, uh, ah, and uh, not brand Ech at Marvel. And oh, okay. uh, DC wanted to get in on that. So they came out with the Inferior Five. They premiered it in Showcase, and then it launched into its own series because it had enough demand. But it didn't last very long. And um, this one looks like a darker-toned one, and it looks like it's going to be totally different characters. But uh, it looks interesting. It's got Keith Giffen on it. And this has has Peacemaker. And Peacemaker is an amazing character, Peacemaker, if you don't know, was developed in Charlton, um, and he was—he's the comedian. If he's the inspiration for the comedian in uh, Watchmen, so uh, that's what you're getting. Uh, Peacemaker made a, a splash in DC, obviously in Crisis on Infinite Earths. He had a four-issue mini, and then um, later he showed up in Checkmate, um, and now he's coming back again. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. That's fantastic. Uh, flash forward. What is this? A mini? This a is Wally uh, West. <laughs> this is a continuation of Heroes in Crisis. Ooh, ooh. Well, that was not, not, not well received. Not the by same a lot of folks. writer, though. I, 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 it, it could go either way. Like, 
it could be his redemption into the DCU, or it, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I really don't. But it could be a fun ride to see what they're going to do. I, I don't did not. Think, I did not hate Heroes in Crisis. I didn't really think it was that bad. I, I'm, I'm pretty much in the middle. I think it had highs, like. Yeah, art wise, it was great. I don't like the tweak at the end. Like it, it, it just didn't seem like Wally. But I'm real invested. I own every Flash comic since like 1973 every title and i'm vested in the character well so I'm to, a be, little more... to be fair to be fair mike you own every dc comic since 1975 <laughs> but but flash is my number one okay <laughs> okay so um he's my i i love wally west so it's it, it when you get vested into a character like let's say it was mark specter right yeah moon knight and somebody they treat just... him pretty poorly though they they do, and I wish they would take him back to his roots just to change it up a little bit, yeah. um, because they've been playing with the multi personality for so long yeah. that I uh, I'd really like them to take and and it, I know where they got it from because you could read those classic Moon Knights and he had all these aliases. Yeah. I I mean he was a taxi driver, he was a mercenary, he was this and he was that. And those and he, were fun. And those were fun, but he wasn't loony. And uh, no, he wasn't crazy. Yeah. So I, I, man, I hope they. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Moon Knight in in the series, the TV show. But I yeah. think they're gonna go with the. I think they're gonna go with the crazy. I really do. Yeah, uh, you're probably right. Uh, high level number six. Uh, I don't know if this is the end of this or not, or how much longer this one's gonna go. I've enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. It was. Um, haven't um, read it yet. Vertigo. That's pretty I've fun. been really happy with Vertigo um, this last round before they dissipated it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which is kind of depressing. But, but I'm sure it'll come back. Can't be gone forever. Right. It's it's too much of a brand. Yeah, um, you can't I'm really, let, really you liking... let the trademark go. They won't. Yeah, I really love the Jimmy Olsen book and the Lois Lane book. That matter, they are really great. They're amazing. They're the the Jimmy Olsen is really a tribute to Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen that came out in the the sixties and seventies. It it has that that tweak of wackiness to it that's very Silver Age. It's it's really fun. Really fun, and Lois Lane is just really smart. Yeah, it's a smart book. Slide, slide down to Marvel. A long-term value on that Avengers West Coast Epic Collection trade. Those Epic <laughs> collections are quite you have expensive. All of them, right? Yeah, I, I have every single one that's ever come out. Except for Shang Chi because I had the omnibus, but I've rectified that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I'm wondering if those will go down because in the latest previews, they're starting to resolicit some epic collections, like new prints. So it'll be like second print of this epic collection. So that could drop those in yeah. price. The the first generation. 
I'm not going to skip on Black Panther and Agents of Wakanda. I'm not a Jim Zub fan, really. I like him. I didn't like what he did with the champions. He kind of destroyed that book. Um, we've got that uh, facsimile edition of the Frank Miller Daredevil 181. That's another series I own everything of. He's my favorite Marvel character. He's great. He's a. I've. I got a ton of Daredevil. I love Daredevil too. Him and Black Panther are my, my two. True believers. Hulk returns already. That's incredible. What's um? What's what's your favorite, uh, Black Panther series? What do you point to to say this is? The, I, this, I, is I, been, I think, this is Black Panther at its best. Well, you know I'm a Kirby fan, so I, oh, I, I okay. like artistically the first series, but the, the 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 series that defined what Black Panther is today and what he became in cinematic is uh, the Christopher Priest. That okay. Is, that is the run to have. Okay. Phenomenal. He came up with a lot of the concepts. Plus, the jungle action has a lot of first appearances too. So, um, that's that's a word. plus. It has him fighting the KKK kind of thing. It's interesting. You don't see that too much. Yeah. Uh, we got a JJ Abrams Spider-Man number one. So, um, that should be interesting. Uh, is is he doing it with his son? Yes. He's writing with his son, isn't he? So that could be that could be okay then. I don't that, know. That we'll could see. be a good spec pick. I, you never yeah. know. Yeah, it looks it looks interesting. There's a lot of Spider-Man though, a lot of glut out there. But this is his first comic work that I know of. First, J.J. Abrams. I thought he did other stuff. Has he? I think so. I think he has. Yeah, those True Believers are pretty neat. You got Joe Fix It, Professor Hulk, Hulk Returns. Yeah. Those are fun. Those are fun to have. Those are all good ones, plus the new one. <laughs> it's crazy. Hulk Returns. What do you think about um, the Valkyrie Jane Foster? Oh, I love it. I I like I, I, I love it. her uh, st- her power set, and it's just written so well that that I yeah. I think it's so good. Yeah, and she can, that thing can turn into anything. That she needs. I like that. Yeah. Pretty cool. I, I, I'm Jason Aaron. I, I am a fan of like, there's not too much Jason Aaron that I go, Oh, he's off the rails or. Yeah. I mean, I don't like he, his he, epic. He's, but he's when cons- he does like the assistant at the, least. Yeah. When he does the events though, they don't really appeal to me so far. They haven't really clicked, but everything else I've really liked. You don't like the watcher. <laughs> no. You good at the watcher. Um, let's see, nothing really in uh, Dynamite. I love Dynamite. For me. Yeah, you do. You do. I, you uh, like a lot of this stuff. I buy almost all of it. I, My favorite being Red Sonja. And yeah, these, I do these, enjoy that. These Perillo covers, like Red Sonja, Birth of the She-Devil, number four, they usually go up in price. So um, I'm just reading the Mark Russell Red Sonja. Oh, I love Mark Russell. Oh, God. He's a... Uh, Second Coming is my favorite comic of the, the year. 
Yeah, I just got if, a if not the decade, copy. If not the decade. Me, I just got a, pre- yeah, a preview it, copy of issue three, yeah. and um, it's got my le- my letters in the back, so make sure oh, you read nice. that. Oh, nice. Me and, me and Bill talked about it for an hour and a half. That's that's how much you too? we loved it. Issue one or issue two? Issue one. Oh, wow. That's yeah. awesome. It was well done. Very well done. It it, it just... There were there are so thing so many things that I can pull out of that like thematically oh, yeah. that that I don't know that define me or, and there's there's things in there that I've had hap in my life in some weird twisted way but yeah. um it it is um I took more out of it than I think he even put out there do you know what I mean like yeah yeah that. It's just incredible. Yeah, I thought I thought it was really well done, and um, I thought two was really good. And I uh, I haven't got a chance to read all of three yet, but I'm I'm gonna because I got it early, so I'm excited about it. Um, we slide down to Boom. Uh, we got Once in Future fifth printing of the first issue, and then we got a third printing of Something Is Killing Children, and the the second issue of Once in Future. Uh, did you get a chance to read that first issue? <laughs> no, I. Uh, that was the one uh, time on the podcast I said I'm going to start reducing it, and I, I chose not to get it. Ah, that was one of your your. But master, I've, your cast- I've I've rectified it because in this order of previews they resolicited like fourth printing of number one and then all the others. <laughs> so I Pretty ordered good. I ordered the whole damn thing. You try though. I, I appreciate the that, I, you, that you recognize <laughs> you have a problem and you try to fix it. I, I and tried. Fall off the wagon like next the week after, but that's. Fine. I la- I lasted for about three weeks and then it just. I I just I uh I taught I did collectors corner with uh another person that that collects like me, and he just like loves all the comics and uh, we had a discussion of our size of collections and death. And uh, it, it got kind of morbid, but at the same time, he had some very good points about just being happy when you're alive. And uh, it, it changed my opinion of some things. <laughs> That's cool. I, have, I haven't heard that one yet. Um, yeah. I'll have to listen to that. Who is it? Which, Mike, which Pin- person was it? Mike Pindell. He's a... Um, he actually inspired uh, Mike M's Weekly Reads, so he's he does a podcast called The Comic Book Attic. Oh, yeah, and, okay. Uh, yeah, okay. and he's got, like, he, he loves physical media like me, and plus he, he has this, like, attitude that he wants to read every single comic book that's ever been published like me. We, we know it's unobtainable, but we still try. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I, I've already had the conversation with both wife and daughter, and neither one of them want my comics when I'm dead. So, um, well, I I, I, I keep you, what what you do. As a matter of fact, I want to have you on the show because it, it's a different perspective. I had Aaron Myers, who's I don't know if you follow him on Twitter. Yep. Yep. But uh, he's an incredible person too because he he, he pisses he, me off because he'll po- he'll post. I bought this like, for a dollar. I bought, bought this, this for a dollar, and it's amazing. Fantasy fifteen. Well, like, the, what? The, well, the thing that he's got going for him—he's—he's he's a fascinating guy, by the way. Um, He—he's um, got—he's in the 
collect buying. So a lot of people, instead of going to the, the shops, they'll call Aaron and they say, I want to sell 25 long boxes and I want to get rid of them today. And I want 200 bucks. That's yeah, how he gets those things. He's in Portland, right? Yeah. And I yeah, always it's... warn him, if I ever move there, you're going to have a hell of a challenge. <laughs> But I mean, like Portland is like a mecca for comics. Yeah, it is. Like it is. all the creators live up there. Yeah. And and I'm like, I I can't believe that he has access to so many comics when there's so many comics people up there. Yeah. It, it blows. It blew my. I listened to that episode. That was that was a good one because yeah, he, he, I was like, how do you do it when we have so much competition in Ohio, man? Yeah. I mean. There's people posting all over the place, buying comics, buying comics. Well, I've listened and... to some – I've interviewed some interesting people like Mike Pindell. He he shops at flea markets, thrift places, and he gets, like, fantastic deals. And um, that's why I like following him, and that's why I wanted to get him on the show because of the way he gets comics. Yeah, he's still acquiring. That's cool. Yeah, he's, he's still acqu- – he doesn't sell. So Aaron, yeah. Aaron will. T- I buy a lot from Aaron. I don't know if you knew that, but oh yeah, I, uh, yeah. I, I see, I see the tweets. You're like, throw it in my box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, most of the time he says no because I've been like I went to the flea market this last weekend and Archie's are, are expensive. Like if you really if you want a older Archie, and at the flea market people want to just get rid of them at a buck, and they're they're like. You'll see, like Aaron posted, like bought this Golden Age Archie for two hundred and fifty dollars, and then you go look at what it is, and it's five hundred. So he yeah. knows what he's doing, um, yeah. and he knows he can flip it. And the thing about him is he he's willing to do the bat wing thing, like oh it's hot now I'll drop it, like he did that with Walking Dead number one. Um, but he is a collector too, like he wants to have one issue of everything, so. He doesn't always want to sell to me. <laughs> but sometimes he has like multiple. Yeah, when he gets multiples, he knows he he got a, a Charlton collection recently and uh it was ro- I love romance comics. They're so fun to read. Oh, they're hilarious. Um and uh, he got some of those and I saw duplicates and I'm like, "You know where to you know who to call?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, I want them. As we slide down into uh, the back half, unless I missed something that you were interested in, just shout it out if you did, if I did. No. Uh, we've got RG nineteen fifty five number one. Um, I always like the Frank Avia covers; those are always the ones I gravitate towards. Um, but this is a, a Mother Mark Wade uh, version. I think what was the other one that they just finished up? Was that fifty four? Yeah, that was forty one. That 41. was forty one. That was World War One, right? Yeah, oh, World War Two. Sorry. Yeah, that was that was a fun one. Oh, now I, now, I now we're in it. the rock and roll fifties era. Yeah, so that should be it. Should be fun. The last one was fun. This one should be fun. Um, Mark Wade, I think, does a better job than Nick Spencer, but on Archie, kind of miss him on the regular title. I miss the original because it was a little less serious. Who was writing it then before Wade? There was a, a slew of them. Um, I can't even think of their names, to tell you the truth. I know the artists more than I do the writers. 
fact of the day. I have to I have to go on blank because there there's a blender going on in the background. So talk. <laughs> uh, there's um Forever Maps number one. Uh, this is from Scout Comics, written by Michael Legacy, and with art by Todor uh, Christo Todor. Uh, the newest entry in the new binge imprint where Scout releases a world premiere issue followed by the entire trade a few months later in one volume, which I think is pretty uh, a pretty cool concept. Um, and uh, it's kind of the way uh, Mike's friend um, Bill reads. He, he'll sample first issues and then buy trades and he, when, if he likes it or finds out that it was really good. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of he's the number one guy. But he, the interesting thing about him is he's the perfect guy to sell his number ones because he gets the trade, but he yeah, won't do he it. He won't do he it. He keeps them. Yeah. Why does he, he keep them? them? Why does he sit on them? I don't know. It doesn't. Well, none of us make any sense. I mean, <laughs> you, you, <laughs> we're, you we're, make we're you, you, you you make sense because you want to you you have the Aaron myth uh, theory is like I want to make enough profit so I can not spend on my hobby. Do you know what right, I mean? But I suck at it lately. I suck yeah. at it. I went, I'm in a hole this year. I'm not doing well. <laughs> I'm not doing well at all. So, but, but it, yeah. it makes logical sense. Yeah. Because then, yeah. The, I mean, in an ideal world, you would be having a hobby that doesn't cost anything, right? In a perfect yes. world. In a perfect world, it would, yeah. it would break even. Um, yeah. And I mean, I, I still have the, the excess in the savings, you know, so the, from the, when I sold all the keys early on, yeah, you know, but this year has not been good. I have not, I have not done enough selling. I've just been lazy. So I need to get back on it. That needs to be my new year's resolution or my Thanksgiving resolution. Do they have those. I'm going to make one. <laughs> now there's second coming number three. Um, like we just talked about, um, we're excited about that. That's coming out soon. Uh, I think that's going to be a fun collection when it's done. Is it just four issues? Do we know? I, I, I'm not sure. I haven't even paid attention. Yeah, and I, I got a feeling it's going to get optioned. I think that'll be a really cool little series. The did you do you read the back matter of Second Coming? Yeah, yeah. I. I that floored me in issue one, the back matter. It, the, the, the content just blew me away because I think of him as as one person, but I, I when I read what he was writing, it, I got so much more out of it. Like, it, it, it really turns, it flips the script in some aspects on faith. It, it's, it, it's amazing. It's really powerful. He he did a really good job, and he could have, you know, because it got it got rejected out of hand before people even read it, before people read anything more than the a line on the solicit. Nothing say, I ha- nothing I hate worse than somebody that bashes something before they've even seen it. Yeah, I, that that is one of my pet peeves that I'll just go off on, and. Uh, there's a certain person on a certain place that does that, and, yeah. and it drives me nuts. And and it, a close second is when you reject an artist's work based on some tweet that you saw on their feed two years ago. Yeah. Like, 
I mean, come on. <laughs> That's crazy. Just read the art and then figure it out later. Uh, we've got uh, something called Pelad- Pelucidor Wings of Death, number one, from American Mythology Productions, from uh, write- written by Mike Wolfer, with art by Bruno Bull. Uh, cover looks sweet. There's a big Where, gorilla. What, what one is that? What is that called? Uh, Pella, Pellicidor. Oh, Pellicidor. Yeah, this is Pelicidor. an Edgar Rice Burroughs property. Sweet cover, man. Yeah, my this this company's been like hitting it with Zorro and the yeah. Edgar Rice stuff, and I've even been reading Bullwinkle, Rocky and Bullwinkle, and Underdog, yeah. and I've I've been enjoying the hell out of this the books that this this publisher's putting out. Yeah, I I like a lot of their stuff. It's pretty, pretty good. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's fun. I mean, it's just this this one I'm looking forward to. We have uh, Sister Powers number one, um, Keen Spot, written by Mario Witch and Jeff McQuellen, with art by Mario Witch. Um, I like the, I like the look of it. Um, it's a coming of age tale, two super powered sisters, um, and it's um, looks like it was. First appearance in Keen Spot Spotlight 2019. So this is really the second appearance of these characters in case they break out. Keep that in mind. And then we also have You Are Obsolete, number one, from Aftershock. Uh, this is uh, Matthew Clickstein with art by Igbeni Bornikov. Um and it's about a disgraced journalist who's called over to cover a mysterious story on an isolated European island. As she investigates, she discovers the children have taken control and are somehow killing off all the adults by their 40th birthday. So I'd be in trouble. Um, <laughs> I, I like all Aftershock stuff, pretty much. I mean, pretty much all in on their their stuff. I, yeah, I, same I, here. At least pretty... 75% of it, I'm enjoying the, the hell out of it. So it's, it's really good. Everything is... Uh, uh above a four for me i, I yeah. haven't run across anything that i'm all in I, yeah. I i just uh i believe in their property i believe in the people that run the company they get top-notch creators yeah and... they just haven't uh they haven't hit, hit it like i'm waiting for that thing to to break open like i, I know what they're trying to do yeah they're trying to option off a lot of their properties, and I hope I hope that they hit it with something. Yeah, I want them to be solvent. Now, yeah. when you were talking about Second Coming and how that affected you, A Walk Through Hell by Ennis kind of did the same thing to me. Yeah. Like, like that thing was, like, devastating in some of the themes that were going on in that book. Yeah. And, and the evil that was on display. Uh-huh. And, and and just like the conspiracies and stuff, I was right. just like, "Whoa, this thing!" It, it was just rocking my world, man. It was so good. Garth and Ennis is so good. Like he's so so good. I he is. I read his uh, story. It was only eight pages, but it was a story in that aftershock shock volume two about a a Russian uh, gunner, you know, machine gunner, who who was in the medical field before she joined the, the uh, army to fight off the Nazis. And 
it was so powerful that I I went immediately to Google and 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 did research on her. You know, and it's stories like that. It's stories that that drive me to buy more stuff and. Right. It, it's it's a passion, you know. I'm like, oh my god, he did this, and I I want to find out this in history, or oh, the Lori Lumaris was in year one, and I want to have her first appearance. That's why I go down these rabbit holes. <laughs> I just I can't stop. Well, it's I mean, you could be uh, you know, snorting cocaine and smoking crack. <laughs> So this yeah. is a pretty good. This is a pretty good advice to have. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I I would take comics over some of the things that other people do. It's that and cheer wine lately. I I love that drink. <laughs> yeah. Is that a Colorado thing or is that available no, everywhere? No, it's a Carolina thing. Okay. Um, it's in North Carolina. They have it everywhere, and now, I I can go to like specialty places and pick it up. And it's like a Dr. Pepper, or it's like a cherry. Uh, it's, cherry it's hard. Coke? It's it's hard to describe it. You have it. It's it, it's really hard to describe. Uh, I'll look for. I'll look yeah. for it. My try, local Kroger and see if they have yeah, it. Yeah, you could probably <laughs> Google it and find it. You know where to buy cheer wine at where you're at. Came out of North Carolina. I I don't know where it's like at, but it's everywhere in North Carolina. Like it's in Fountain. Like you can go to a restaurant and it'll be on the fountain drink. Oh man! Yeah. So, so like, did you get it when you were at Heroes Con? Yeah, that's the matter of fact. They had it at uh, at Heroes Con. There was a booth that was just giving free samples of cheer wine, and I was like, "Oh my God, what is this?" <laughs> and I became <laughs> addic- I became addicted. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That's a con that's. If you want a comic con, like a comic, a hundred percent comics and no celebrities, that's yeah. Heroes I've con. heard good things. It I've heard it's great. Amazing, like it is the best of the cons, in my opinion. That's the one. That's the one. Derek Derek Royal was always asking me to meet him there. We were gonna we were gonna meet up yeah. at Heroes Con. I could never swing it, and um, I was like, yeah, oh Derek, we got time. I'll catch you in a couple of years. We'll do, we'll definitely we'll definitely do it. I promised to go, and then he passed, so I never yeah. got the chance to. Yeah, that's yeah. That, but I'm going. I'm going to go someday. Way too young. Very very shocking. Yeah. Well, that's all the stuff I'm looking at. In there's plenty. It's a it's a heck of a week. It looks like a really good week for comics to me. Um, anything stick out to you, Mike? That would be uh, something that. Either you've got to read, or that might be an investment comic for our listeners. I think that last aftershock book uh, that you mentioned. I think that's my spec pick. Uh, you something. You something. are obsolete. You are obsolete. That's yeah. a good one. I am going to go with Steeple Number One um, from Dark Horse. And so we've got You Are Obsolete from Aftershock and Steeple from After or Steeple from, from Dark Horse. No, I want to change my are... answer. I want to change my okay. answer. I want to okay. go with Butcher Queen, number one, from Red Five. What is it? 
Butcher Where Queen number one. Oh, we skipped right over that one. Yeah, I'm going with that one. Butcher Queen number one. Red five. Red five. They have they have good stuff. Jim Owsley, yeah. Ben Sawyer. Um. Well, we'll give we'll give a posthumous. No, not posthumous. <laughs> Since Kyle's <laughs> missing, we'll give you are obsolete to him. Okay. We'll, we'll have three. In the, we'll, we'll have three in the show notes. Well, I'm getting that'll, both. That'll, so I'll be covered. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mike, I want to thank you very much for joining, and and this is one of our longer episodes. Because I knew that was going to happen when when you said yes, I was like, oh, I got to make sure we got plenty of tape in the in the deck because uh, Mike Mike <laughs> and I get, get to talk and we'll be talking for a well, while. Was our first time uh, too, so first yeah. time chatting. I, but I appreciate you um, taking the time out of your Friday night. Uh, I hope it didn't ruin date night for you and the wife. Oh no, um, we're gonna eat soon. It's gonna be a late okay. night, but um, I, I did want to mention one thing that was kind of funny. Um, oh, sure. That has to do with speculation. So uh, Dinesh Shamadashi Sanani, uh, who was the Valiant yeah. uh, CEO, he posted on Twitter yesterday, Bloodshot 37 in the cover. And uh, what it caused is the value of the book to go skyrocketing because every all the speculators started to buy it. But what the funny thing is, is it's just a countdown until the preview of Bloodshot. So today he posted 36, tomorrow he's posting 35. <laughs> 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 I, I thought it was kind of funny because a lot of it's sold out. And if you go to eBay and look up uh, Bloodshot 37, you'll see evidence of it. Like they, they, they essentially went to mycomicshop.com and my, um, Mile High and cleaned them out. <laughs> the speculators did that's awesome yeah i i what i we saw today that um cowabunga's got a exclusive retailer variant for yeah. a valiant book is it a and bloodshot too uh it is bloodshot and the the thing that's interesting i mean from a spec version of of uh is the valiant fans are very they're a very tight community and if you get into that community and you you can offer up variant covers, you will sell them. I mean, I don't know what you'll sell them for, but you will make your money back. Because now you of... you were really tight. You used to go to like barbecues with the owners at the <laughs> owner's house, didn't you? Yeah, of Mile High. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I'm a I'm a completist of Valiant, so I like own every single Valiant comic ever published, and I know every story. So I'm really invested in the universe, and uh, the Valiant fan community is amazing. Like a lot of my best friends came out of the the Valiant community, and uh, the thing that's cool about the community is there were times when I was seeking out some really obscure books that I missed out because the company went under and they just didn't ship to my LCS. And there were people there that were looking for me and I was able to complete my collection for those rare books like Shadow Man number six and Unity number three, uh, Unity 2000. They're very expensive books. And, uh, you don't people, have the glass covers, do you? No, I don't go that far, but I know people that do. Like, I yeah. have a lot of friends that buy those glass covers and that buy every single variant. 
and I'm I'm really good friends with them. So um, it, it's a fascinating community, and you could sell Valiant comics to people because the once people get addicted, they usually go all in <laughs> and they want everything. Is, is it be- do you think it's because it's a shared universe that that interacts? Yes, with, you know everything. And it, it, it goes usually, back. It's got a history and exactly. And it, they they once they get latched in, it, and it sometimes it takes longer than others. But once they find a character and they latch in, and they see the the branches out to other things, they start becoming completists. So and it, it it's more so in the the valiant first generation because it was tightly coupled now they're they have the philosophy of like hellboy and all the other philosophies that kind of like i'm gonna do a mini and i might have some tie-ins but i want my story to stand alone they had to adapt to the market and that's what happened yeah yeah that's that's what i like about like i'll be reading but the the thing I like about Big Two Comics is, like, I'll be reading something. I'll be like, "Oh yeah, I remember that's a that's a callback to what happened back like 150 issues ago." I'm, I remember that. Yeah. Or there'll be an editor's note, an editor's note that'll give me a little piece of information, and it'll be like, "Oh yeah, I remember that happening." Yeah. And then it, that's kind of that's that's the fun part about the shared universe. Yeah. And then the not so fun is when the people that are writing it and the editors that are overseeing those writers don't pay attention to any of that. And then they ignore it and screw it up. And <laughs> no, but they a don't go- honor. A, but a good writer will take it with respect. Yes. And uh, like Kate's is good at that. Jeff Johns is good at that. He's, he's, they're able like to take the history keep it going and then twist it a little bit so it's different. Or add yes. something to the history of that character, and that's what I like because it, it's it's pay it's payment for a current reader plus it's payment for the guy that's been vested in that character because of all the callbacks they use. Um, there are a lot of guys that do that that do it really well, and then there are a lot of people that are are just like work for hire writers. I think yeah. that don't actually care about that property at all. They're just doing that yeah. until they get a better gig, and yeah. they like, do not. To me, to me, Warren Ellis, when he's writing Avatar, or when he's writing Image, or or other things, even even Wildstorm, uh, when he's doing something that he's more vested in, he's phenomenal. Like he just like will knock my oh, yeah. socks off. But then when he's doing like a Justice League book or something that's like, I'm like, it it's like light and day. Like you can tell yeah. with him, like when he cares about something. Cause it'll it, it'll blow me away. I mean, images fell. Um, some of the Avatar stuff, Doctor Sleepless, like it was amazing, and he didn't finish it. That was around the time that he didn't finish a lot because he lost his laptop, and he just said, "Screw it, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to regenerate all these scripts." <laughs> but uh, really, yeah. I don't remember that happening. That's interesting. Yeah, d- d- read Desolation Jones. Oh my God, it's great. Like the stuff that he was doing for Wildstorm is amazing, off the charts amazing. So it, it's uh, he seems to like Jim Lee uh, because that's his his baby. But uh, if he goes into the mainstream, like I'm really curious to see what he'll do with Batman if I'm gonna like it or not. 
but uh, I I better uh, let you go because uh, I can go on for hours, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I, I I do appreciate you coming on, um, Mike. You're you're you're. We need more. We need more people like you in the comics industry. I we if we if we had more Mike Myers, this industry would be uh, thriving. And <laughs> it would because they buy all the comics. <laughs> yeah, you you know you're the best you're the best kind of uh, comic reader. You love stuff, you're passionate about it, and you you're positive. And we need more people like like you. So I really really appreciate you, and I appreciate you you spending some time with me tonight. Well, thank you for inviting me. Now you owe me one, so you have to come on my show. <laughs> oh shit! Is that how it works? <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> All right. Hey, hey, do you want to, since Kyle's not here, do you want to sign us off? See ya. <laughs> <laughs>